This is Elena, and I'm with Cass of Beck on Smith Cyclopedia. Um, and today we are going to be talking about Morrissey's controversies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point in like the Smith's career, we uh, we kind of get to Morrissey's first run-in with the press, his first controversy with. Uh, with like reel around the fountain and with suffer little children and with handsome devil these like monumental early songs that people are just taking the wrong way however it's not morrissey's last run in with uh with the british music publication british tabloids really and any sort of press anywhere um and so we thought it would be a fun idea to kind of talk about like morrissey and the press in general um we probably want to stick with uh, a lot of the Smith stuff because Morrissey and the press gets really, really ugly later on. But yeah, yeah, we'll probably steer away from. We all know that he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> that's pretty common knowledge. Uh, so yeah, probably be highlighting things that people don't talk about as much nowadays, just because. Um, Oh, I, I I feel like I shouldn't. I don't want to talk too um, illy of Morrissey because this is a Smiths podcast. But you know, he said some things that have tarnished his reputation, to say the least. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, first things first. Uh, let's let's roll a little intro song. That was the intro song. Um, so, Elena, this is your second time on the show. Yes. Uh, you are back by popular demand. I put out like a poll on my uh, on the Smith Cyclopedia Instagram, saying like, "Hey, of the guests that we've had on so far, who uh, who would you like to see back?" and I think your name came up more than anybody else's. Oh wow, so. that's that's a pretty shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I may, I don't know. You've just got you've got your notes off to the side. You you've got this the knowledge down. Um, at one point in time, like you know, the fans will probably like uh, demand that you usurp me as as the show host. <laughs> Well, yeah, I try my best. <laughs> it, it's it's yeah, I it's a good outlet to get all my just like Smiths just get it out of my system. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I think I've mentioned multiple times like that's pretty much the reason why I started this is because I just talk so much about the Smiths and it's like okay, well I need an outlet for it. Yeah, hopefully I can like just stop bothering my neurotypical friends <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right, let's talk a, about like a little bit of news, music news, I guess. Um, so, The Cure, uh, they announced their first uh, U.S. tour in like seven years, and it's gigantic. Yeah, it, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, like all my mutuals were posting about it, like 
Yeah, because I've been I've been waiting for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, same. I remember like the last time the Cure played a string of shows. Um, I was like, ooh, that would be fun to go to. And my dad was like, I am not going to a Cure concert. Not because he hates the Cure. He loves the Cure. It's because he's like, there will be so many people there. I do not know if I could survive. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I don't know. With concerts, I'm usually, I don't know. I I don't love crowds, but with concerts, I feel feel like it's different. Yeah. It, it, It feels more like a community than a crowd. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Um, and then, of course, like, I I don't know. Have tickets actually, like, have ticket prices shown up yet? Um, So pre-sale is in, like, five days, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but five yeah. Five days from recording, not from release. Uh, Yeah, from five. Oh, five days from recording. Good point. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I always forget that. Um, Yeah, the Cure... Um, they made a post on their official Instagram, like, wanting to, like, they basically, they want to make tickets as affordable as possible. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, The Cure is one of the biggest bands of the 80s. I'm sure the demand yeah. is going to be very high. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I think I registered, pre-registered to see if I could go to, like, three or four shows yeah i did the if it's same. affordable enough you know why not i've got family in arizona i can i can crash on their couch <laughs> um and then in other news um other morrissey news um bonfire of teenagers like this is kind of old news at this point but i don't know it's still worth talking about because we haven't yet bonfire of teenagers might not ever come out morrissey's album which he's like this is the best thing i've ever done <laughs> <laughs> yeah um at this point i mean with him between this and him canceling his shows i kind of i don't know morrissey morrissey that's all you can say yeah i mean granted like it doesn't seem like it's so much on his end this time well slight like, i mean it's on his end because it's morrissey but it's the record label saying like we're not sure if we want to release this because you're Morrissey which also like you we've known who Morrissey is for a long time like if you signed him to your record label like I don't know I I am kind of on Morrissey's side with this one where he's like it seems like they kind of just purposely sabotaged me like why would you sign him why would Capitol Records sign Morrissey if they weren't going to release his album. Yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. Um that whole like somehow Miley Cyrus being involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I odd. But there's that. It is a little odd. <laughs> but I mean, hey, Miley Cyrus is on top of the world right now, you know? Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's let's also catch uh, catch the people up. What have you been up to, Elena? What's uh, what's the big news? What are you most excited for? Um, I have some concerts coming up. I'm excited about that. Cruel World. Oh yeah. That might be the like the festival I'm most excited about. Uh, Kilby Court. Oh yeah. Going there. 
Yeah, with the strokes, pixies, so pavement. Excited. Yeah, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Death Grips. Yeah. Depeche Wait, Mode. Wait, oh, sorry. I thought you were still talking about uh, Kilby Court. I was like, oh, no, Death no, Grips no. are playing at Kilby Court. That, that, would, that would be interesting. No, yeah. The Depot. I, I love that venue. Gotcha. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Depot. I always get, no, it's a union, I think. I always get those too much stuff. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's really important right now. Yeah, but. Um, so very cool. Very cool stuff. Where, where is Cruel World being held? Um, Pasadena. Oh, the Rose Bowl. I'm oh, okay. Sure. Very cool. So, yeah, excited about that. Very fun. Yeah. That's one of those things where I'm like, ah, that would be so much fun to go to. I don't know if I would be able to go to it, though. Like, it's a far ways away. And... Definitely. And festivals, too. Like, mm-hmm. actually, I've, yeah, Kilby will be, no, yeah, um, Krill World will be my f- first festival I've gone to. So, yeah. So very fun. Yeah, I'm excited. What about you? Anything um, new? Yeah, just working on a lot of new music. Um, since our last episode, uh, I had a single come out, um, and then I've been uh, working on getting the B-side for it release, which by the time this episode goes up, I think it should be out. Cue applause. It's uh, awesome. Actually, you guys, <laughs> uh, listeners, will be probably pretty familiar uh, with it because uh, the theme for this show is actually taken from this song um, called Eclectic Eccentric. Um, and I wrote it to be very, very kind of smithsy. I had Johnny Marr firmly in mind when I wrote the guitar part. And then a lot of the, like, a lot of the lyrics are, uh, kind of, I, I don't want to say it's, it's Morrissey. Morrissey-esque. Yeah. Um, but you know, the whole sort of like, um, all right, well, the, the opening line is who gives a damn about love shut up <laughs> um and then it talks about like oh you know what other people think of you and like uh one of my favorite lines uh in it is like is it that reckless about Lupung pearl necklace uh just something like very very kind of odd uh but like something about like the sort of clothes and fashion that i have um and i always found that like very very I don't know, comforting, like an essential element of the Smiths, whether it's like Morrissey talking about like how he feels about his shoes or like uh, the hearing aid. Yeah. Um, And so I'm very excited for that to come out. Um, Again, you can find that on streaming platforms and whatever um, under my name, Casimir Heard. Um, And it's called Eclectic Eccentric and I hope you enjoy it. Maybe we'll put that in the playlist at the end. Who knows? Um, but that's, that's pretty much like the big news that, that I have. Um, uh, what do you say we move into our, move into our topic? Okay. you got anything else? Um, no, I don't think so. Hey guys, uh, just Kaz punching in. Um, unfortunately, Eclectic Eccentric will not come out as soon as I thought because of, uh, some mixing complications, but we're going to try to get that squared away. So it will come out soon. Anyways, back to the episode. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think it makes sense to start with the Smith self-titled 1984. Um, so yeah, Rule Around the Fountain, 
the hand that rocks the cradle um yeah the press actually um they uh thought that condoned child abuse um so yeah sorry yeah brain brain fart okay no 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 yeah. no. It, it, it totally makes sense i mean morrissey was already kind of known among especially people in manchester but among the press because he was constantly like writing uh record and concert reviews to whatever publication would have him <laughs> so they all kind of knew him and i think by this point they probably had it out for him a little bit yeah i mean which i would too after what he said about depeche mode <laughs> 1981 but yeah anyways um but yeah so like you were saying reel around the fountain and hand that rocks the cradle were the ones singled out by the press initially yes um and then um uh yeah suffer little children of that one uh yeah just uh i mentioned this in the last podcast i was in but um being about uh the moore's murders which something interesting to know is that some retailers they uh refuse to play it because he used like the real names of the victims Mm -hmm. uh which i have my own opinions about that that's that's kind of okay okay morrissey that but um um and it seemed it seemed for the most part like it was a lot of very like tabloidy things like um oh we can't believe that like this uh we can't believe that this band this band that's trying to like fashion themselves for like this young generation that they're talking about child molestation except they weren't talking about child molestation at all. They just had the word child in the songs. (laughs) Like, and it was less like physical child and more like metaphorical child. Like, uh, I mean, I don't think Morrissey is the only one that kind of considered himself like this sort of man baby thing. Like he was an adult when he was a child. And by the time he was an adult, he was just still like a child, I guess. Yeah, which I mean, with the statements we have um in store, it, it, I mean, it's pretty apparent. Yeah. He's a little no. Yeah. But initially like even though this was not good, like to be accused of being uh child predators. Surely like right off the bat like debut uh, album that's... Yeah, n- heck not even the debut album like it hasn't even come out yet and oh yeah yeah they're just like picking up things from uh from uh concerts that, yeah. that's what the word is um because like reel around the fountain was going to be the second single before uh they recorded or wrote and recorded this charming man um and the reason it probably wasn't going to be the second single either way is because the tabloids were criticizing it um and jeff travis probably didn't want that big of a commercial explosion on his hands but it was also i i I don't want to say it was by design that this was the headline but i think it was always by design from morrissey and mar that they were kind of controversial figures and that they were in the music press and that they were being talked about all the time. Just not quite like this. Yeah. Um, 
this one of the more like i think it's one thing to be like outspoken about the monarchy and you know but like this kind of takes it to a whole new level like wow you know don't want to be associated with that at all yeah yeah but (laughs) um and so morrissey and really the whole smiths rough trade everyone they all said no of course this isn't about uh child molestation of course there's nothing nefarious in these lyrics still this was kind of the start of a long winding sometimes positive sometimes negative uh relationship uh between morrissey and the press i think probably the next big controversy just in this like debut album period comes with suffer little children with the i think it's the the mother of one of the children like oh yeah was very upset very upset yeah however according to you know urban myth and legend and i'm probably sure some random article found uh at the bottom of a page somewhere (laughs) they did actually patch it up morrissey uh and johnny moore i think sat down with her and basically just said like hey listen this was not at all the intent uh we don't want like we don't want kids to be scarred from this we wrote this because it was a big part of our lives we don't want to dishonor uh your child we want to honor him even further which a little flimsy but also like i I personally don't think that, like, it's that bad to, like, write about something that happened and that traumatized you as a kid if it was, like, a big, like, controversy. Yeah, on on paper, it it's very, you know, like, okay, Morrissey, probably shouldn't have done that. But when you, like, think, when you really think about it, you know, it can be argued that, you know, like, like what you said of... Uh, he was very personally affected by it and he didn't have ill intent um so yeah it's just one of those things yeah yeah um granted i mean i am a little biased uh i was i my third birthday was 9-11 and so like controversy or controversy and like tragedies and whatever are intrinsically related to me with like i don't know like I got a blues I got a blues clues table that birthday. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> um silver lining. Yeah. There there's a great photo. Uh there's a great two photos actually of like all of the kids that were at my birthday party just having a good time and playing and whatever opening presents and then the next photo right after that is like a photo of all of the adults on the couch just with like their hands over their mouth just like mortified at what they're seeing on the television oh yeah that that wow yeah so fun stuff (laughs) um but anyways uh so debut album very controversial not to mention like the fact that morrissey is i uh let me see if i can find um this quote but morrissey is using imagery uh that hasn't really ever been used before he's using it uh almost in like an inverse rock and roll way 
Oh, yeah. Um, or in reference to... In reference to, uh, like, Joe D'Alessandro or, like, um, uh, uh, what, what is his name? Um, Malaise. Uh, you know, the cover of This Charming Man. Um, oh, here's, here's the quote. Um, so Morrissey said this kind of about the imagery that he was using, whether it was like the cover of Hand in Glove or the cover of This Charming Man or uh, the debut album. <clears throat> he says, when I thought of groups, especially in the 1970s, who constantly used female images, it was never held in question. It was just there. This this is rock and roll. But of course it's not. It had to be quite different. It crossed my mind that male images have never ever been used for one reason or another when rock and roll is obviously quite traditionally a very male sphere so i thought it was time that they were used but not in a way that would exploit them and so you know you have people kind of especially in the press like going back and forth like what is morrissey doing what is his sexuality what are these like things that he's talking about um and then johnny marr as well um he knew exactly what was going on like uh very 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 smart guy um and he was totally on board with it here uh i have a quote for you you wanna do you have a third grade reading a third grade reading level hardly but yeah (laughs) um so yeah just the highlighted one yeah okay um (laughs) and this this is johnny marr i can't remember what interview but Let's see. Um, uh, When we first started The Smiths, I always used to think of, oh, think about uh, Morrissey's lyrics. In fact, initially, I thought it would be good to play up ambiguity of them, uh, but not as new messiah of the gay movement or anything like that. I just thought how lucky he was to be involved in a band that... (laughs) Sorry, uh, that wrote gentler songs. It would upset me if Morrissey wrote boy meets girl type songs. But it's good to have songs that cater for no gender specifically. Uh, one of the reasons our records are timeless is because the lyrics are so good. And whatever gay undertones there are, I endorse 100%. There, there's probably a whole episode that we could do on... Uh on the Smith's lyrics and like sexual ambiguity, but human sexual. Yeah. Lyrics. Uh, I'm human sexual. <laughs> um, but like that was a big part of like the early controversy of the Smiths was, is this band gay? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is maybe the answer is, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Yeah, um um but then let's see. Elena, what what else do you have uh written down in your notes? Okay. Um I yeah, we can move on to uh Meet is Murder, uh my favorite uh Smith's album actually. Um so yeah, uh released in 1985, animal rights weren't as mainstream and just having that I mean, yeah, Meet is Murder like bam you know like <laughs> just all in yeah no nobody was really doing that yeah um especially like i, I mean at this time like smith's you know huge um but um 
yeah, uh, uh, the headmaster is a ritual, um, you know, criticizing the Manchester school system, which, oh, I just have, like, the fondest memories of me walking down, like, the middle school corridors, just, like, blasting that music, <laughs> just, like, uh. Yeah, you're just mouthing, like, spineless bastards all. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely one of my favorites. Um, also, um, um, yeah, coming back to, um, you know, like, child abuse, uh, barbarism, can't talk right now, uh, begins at home, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure, yeah, I've just stirred up controversy, um, obviously one of the things I love about Morrissey as a vegetarian, um, yeah, I, awesome, great (laughs) (laughs) like like it's a very it's a very admirable uh goal and ambition like to spread awareness about like animal cruelty and about like uh the the terrors of like the meat industry um and like this definitely made like waves at the time and it still does um like johnny marr for example like he had always kind of like uh, he wasn't a big meat guy but at this album he decided like you know what if my songwriting partner and my group we have an album and a song named meat is murder and i know all of the facts i cannot possibly not be vegetarian yeah and it just goes to show like how passionate he is about you know how passionate he was about Mm -hmm. the smiths yeah yeah still is i'm sure it's complicated you yeah know, I, I i think johnny marr probably has a has a higher regard for the smiths at this point than than mazer does yeah it's it's yeah whole whole episode about how yeah yeah that all fell apart <laughs> um but like this definitely made like a huge impact on people and then like um shoot who what 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 show is it is it uh granada tv where like they do the interview about like the making of meat is murder and they talk about like all of the like um what would you say oh yeah uh controversial lyrics there we go yeah and not a, I, I know what you're talking about not a hundred percent sure what um show it was i'll look it up real fast keep talking okay um yeah uh I, I might have a little bit of a bias um as to why me is murder is my favorite album uh just because i'm all you know I've, I've been vegan on and off again that's besides the point i love animals um yeah i i don't know i'm going on a tangent um i think like we we could talk a little bit about like how the vegetarianism of meat is murder has kind of transferred over and not only that but how morrissey has continued to uh to push the vegetarianism agenda i guess a lot more aggressively okay yeah um oh and the show was old gray whistle test okay yes yeah i don't think i would have remembered that um all right keep going oh yeah um so yeah uh riot fest in 2016 uh (laughs) 
I think just kind of like a diehard radical vegan moment on Morrissey's end. Um, most people, I think, are familiar with this uh, incident, but yeah, I'll, um, in Coachella, at Coachella, he walked off stage after commenting um, <laughs> that he could smell, quote unquote, burning flesh and that he hoped to God it was human. Um, so there, yeah, there's that, uh, which apparently, um, uh, Coachella later offered to go a hundred percent meatless if the Smiths would reunite and play a show, <laughs> uh, which I thought it's what we all want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm partly joking, but yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I think actually, I'm really glad that you, that you brought that instance up because I think it also uh, highlights the fine line between Morrissey, the staunch opinion, staunch opinionist, and also Morrissey, the uh, the dry humor, uh, sometimes very ill-judged humor. Because, um, like, I don't think Morrissey actually wishes it was human flesh burning. Yeah, that's why I I I, I think that I think it's funny. I think it's really yeah. funny too. Yeah. Um, as a vegetarian and someone who, you know, it, it's Morrissey. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think. I think a lot of times, uh, it gets confused for, uh, like his his joking around his humor. It's slightly morbid, and it's very dry. And it's very, um, I don't know, not what you would expect as a joke per se. Um, so it gets conflated for like his actual opinions. His actual opinions are like m- meat is an absolutely terrible thing, and like it's murder. Yeah, meat is murder. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would say like that human lives should be torched. Uh, rather, rather than animals. Well, at least that's what I hope. Um, I guess he did say once that like, what's the difference between like cooking a turkey and cooking your grandmother? Oh yeah, um, and he's he's compared eating um meat to child abuse. Um, yeah. So he does have some pretty strong views, to say the least. Yeah, and and the press they do kind of run with it. Um, I mean. This is, I was going to say gobbledygook. It's not gobbledygook, um, but it's the sort of thing that like they want and that they run with because it, it's a huge head gra- uh, headline eye-catching uh, article is like, you know, big bold letters at the top, like Morrissey, uh, Morrissey equates, uh, an- like Morrissey equates the eating of meat to child abuse, like, you don't look at that and go like, uh, they've got nothing to write about today. You look at that and go, Oh yeah, that's Morrissey. What the hell did or, Morrissey say? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends. Uh, either you have the people who are like, okay, yeah, that's Morrissey. And then people who may not be as familiar, just like, Whoa. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, and I think that slowly changes over the years and I'm sure we'll see it as we talk further, but like, what starts off as Morrissey, you know, having like fun little interactions with the press and like 
messing around with them with his opinions and whatever slowly evolves into stardom going to his head and just saying the wildest things probably in part because he knows he will get a reaction yeah i i think it's a win-win on both the press and morrissey because you know um they profit off of his just absurd comments and then he gets attention which i think it can be argued that he's a bit of an attention seeker yeah i think a great place to go would probably be um why is morrissey an attention seeker honestly um him just oh it just reminds me of this meme i saw about um i might i don't have my phone uh i'll pull i think yeah i'll pull it up why not yeah um sorry this is an unrelated meme okay i swear if you're going to say that morrissey is a pick me uh, i mean <laughs> yeah television and done all the things that in life are generally considered to be quite negative and quite soul destroying (laughs) yeah with the um caption when they ask about my life (laughs) i never had a social life never went out yeah um yeah no one understands me and i think i think the thing is is like you think that way for so long and then at that point it kind of becomes like a thing that you define yourself by and so like if nobody understands you then it's like ha 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 I've beaten them nobody understands me yeah it's definitely part of I think yeah his image and who he is yeah um and that is kind of like lonerism and miserableism the things that like the press especially like uh debut hatful of hollow meat is murder even up to like the queen is dead they plagued the smiths with like that uh that idea of like miserableism like you guys are just writing about being miserable because you want other people to be miserable because you're just miserable all the time and i think they miss a lot of the humor and i think that's something morrissey and johnny marr have pointed out many many times is like no the the songs are funny they're not they're not sad yeah um there's been a lot of speculation about Morrissey, like possibly having autism. Oh, which I mean, I'm I'm not like a not trying to diagnose him, you know, but like, you you know, like I mean, but I think that could be feasible, kind of like the communication gap. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, that's just like a random side note that fans have speculated on, which, yeah. Uh- I, I could see that a little bit. It, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more apparent or rather like it's something that we just talk and think about more today than would have been thought about around that time. Oh yeah. Cause I'm just thought of people probably just, well, definitely thought of him as just eccentric, which he is, but yeah, no, he could. I he, mean, I, I, I don't know. He had granted, you know, we're currently on a Smith's podcast to talk about our obsession. But like Morrissey had a huge uh, obsession with like uh, the New York dolls and then with James Dean and the Ramones and like 
all of these uh all of these things that meant so much to him like these fixations yeah possibly exactly um and i i could see it totally yeah yeah but um so of course like in these early stages of the smith's career you've got morrissey who's already a little like uh antagonistic towards the press um he's getting bombarded with accusations of not only criminal but absolutely like uh immoral isn't even a strong enough word it's like grotesque yeah yeah just these uh awful activities and then with just being miserable all the time and then like like over and over uh questioning his sexuality and then with like vegetarianism and now with meat is murder and <laughs> I think it's enough to drive anyone mad i mean not yeah. to the extent where he's at right now with his political views like but oh, like, don't even get me started yeah you have all of those forces working oh. to basically make someone play a very create a monster interesting... <laughs> yeah that's that's right that's the next uh netflix special is uh the press spawned a monster the pre- <laughs> uh what, what what is that the one documentary series making a murder oh, making yeah. a morrissey <laughs> yeah there we, there we go netflix i i'm owed royalties oh, yeah. um <laughs> but they don't even the press doesn't even know the half of it yet like we're stepping into the first real like major anti-monarchy major anti-monarchy statement with the queen is dead oh yeah which um so i actually um i didn't know this but um i was on songsfact.com um i didn't have time to like fact check this um but um so yeah apparently uh the song and the album the title the queen is dead it was taken from a section of Huber Selby's 1964 novel, A Last Exit to Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure on this. Um, maybe I can like text you. We'll see. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll do a very weird voiceover like... like yeah, Elena was wrong this <laughs> whole time. <laughs> Elena was wrong this whole time. Don't trust any of her <laughs> opinions. I'm deleting episode two. <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> Last um, Exit to Brooklyn... Um, which that was very controversial because um, of the novel's like portrayals of like drug use, homosexuality, um, trans transgenderism, and uh, domestic violence. So yeah, yeah, very I was going, controversial. I was going to say, in context of that, isn't like the queen referring to like uh, a drag queen rather than like m- monarch? Yeah, I, I read that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyways. Having... Yeah. Hey, this is Kaz just punching in. Elena is in fact right on this fact. It uh, is the second part of Last Exit to Brooklyn by Hubert Selby. And it does deal a lot with uh, transgenderism and specifically a drag queen, I believe. So there you go. Um, but yeah and so suddenly everybody is like talking to morrissey like hey um this thing that you've just put as the title of your 
of your next album um the queen is dead you want to you want to expound on that and of course at this time with the queen is dead they release uh the smiths release the song big mouth strikes again a song purely about morrissey and the press almost oh yeah um without a doubt um of course like every headline anytime morrissey ever says anything from this point forward big mouth strikes again is like like i've seen that on like news headlines countless times i feel like yeah uh news headlines youtube comments uh i've probably got it scribbled on a pair of shoes somewhere (laughs) morrissey by this point in time is fully aware he is never having a good relationship with the press (laughs) um and so he leans into it um queen is dead uh big mouth strikes again um to some degree the boy with the thorn in his side except that's more aimed at like the music industry and like radio airplay which is still press and he starts like making the songs a lot more aimed at controversy i guess so like even things like uh vicar in a tutu i feel like that is very much meant to be like ha 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 what do you think of this yeah just kind of like being outrageous for the heck of it you know yeah um and granted like you can do that and you can make a very succinct point with it like um say margaret on the guillotine but like Morrissey will make these statements um in songs and like they do they do work like I think Vicar I know a lot of people say Vicar in a Tutu is the worst song on that album I disagree I love Vicar in a Tutu honestly I I don't that album is perfect I can't think (laughs) of any anything bad to say about it I could be biased but um no, Fair. I've heard that. T- I've heard, frankly, Mr. Shankly. Yeah. I've heard a good amount of people who don't like that song. Which is funny because I've heard, like, I've heard a good amount of people that don't like it. But then the flip side is, like, frankly, Very Mr. Passionate Shankly about is, like, it. their number one song. Yeah, it was mine for a while, which, yeah, great song. But, um, yeah. Very split opinions. Yeah. Um, but then later on, as Morrissey, like, uh, goes down the line, especially in his solo career, you get like these song titles and like these opinions and songs that almost just seem like they're not really like playful statements or like messing around with the press. They're more just like ridiculous trying to like grab the attention of people that listen. Like um, I, I, I think it's off of low in high school or maybe uh world peace, but the girl in Tel Aviv who would not kneel like, Number one is a ridiculous song title, but number two, it, it's just kind of like Morrissey, like gone off the deep end. Yeah, he's just firing, firing a gun randomly into the air, hoping that one like straggling political opinion will catch the eye of somebody. And it's not, yeah, like you said, going off the deep end. <laughs> and so, like the Morrissey that we see today is definitely not the Morrissey of the Smiths, but he was created by the Morrissey of the Smiths. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's, like, reminiscent of, like, I mean, you know, like, just those punk musicians who are all, like, you know, like, very anti-establishment anti-establishment. and, like, anti-authority, all that. And then just, like, 
like just something like switches in them and they all like automatically just have these like ridiculous political views um you can say john lyden's name oh wait you <laughs> uh uh johnny rotten oh oh i thought you said john lennon i was oh. like wait <laughs> well no, yeah. if john lennon has opinions today that'd be that'd be pretty interesting <laughs> yeah i was like wait a minute i also no, yeah. would not want to hear john lennon's opinions today i feel like that would be uh that would be a real mess <laughs> yeah johnny rotten he was like yeah definitely who i had in mind when i was <laughs> saying that yeah time time is odd yeah people change yeah which i mean granted people changing is a great thing for like, better for worse you know yeah i mean we, we've talked to like a lot of the smith stuff is i would say a change for the better like bringing animal cruelty to uh to a lot of people's awareness or like uh reframing the image of rock and roll to go from like this exploitative like very uh female uh what what's another word? female exploitative i guess i'll i'll loop back around to like this thing that uses a lot of very like male imagery and totally like how the table like turning the tables you know yeah yeah gotta i i yeah gotta respect that yeah so changes for like the good and for good and bad but in morrissey's case it's a very it's a very interesting slope that he that he takes um <laughs> All right, so some more on the anti-monarchy, anti-monarchy statements. Yeah, so, uh, oh, I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> okay, um, okay, I think I, so yeah, uh, the queen is dead, mentioned that, and then, you know, strange ways, here we come, 1987, we all know about that, kind of like breezing through this, uh, real quick, just getting it all, I mean, we all know it, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah, Smith's breaking up whole controversy there save that for another time and then yeah coming back to the queen is dead oh we have uh so yeah prince charles um this is a quote i can't quite remember uh when or where he said this but it was more recent uh this is morrissey's words uh yeah I wish that Prince Charles had been shot. I think it would <laughs> make the world a more interesting place. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then um, this was on the failed assassination temp- attempt on Margaret Thatcher. And okay, uh, quote, the sorrow of the IRA's Brighton bombing is that Thatcher remained unscathed. So yeah, um, that just gives some insight into his views on the monarchy. Uh, it's not positive. Yeah, definitely not. Um, should I mention the Trump? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. He Morrissey's political opinions, frankly, they go they go all over the place. Like, there's nowhere on the political spectrum for Morrissey. He kind of just libertarian, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Morrissey has always kind of been very elusive in terms of like what his political uh, opinions are as like a label. Like he will often voice his political opinions 
but not affiliate himself with any like specific community or yeah party. it seems like in general he he doesn't care much for labels yeah yeah i, I mean me too i that, i respect that that's i mean just generally speaking yeah anyways um and yeah o- over the years there's a lot of like a lot of very very awful things that morrissey has said and Frankly, if you're listening to this episode, you probably know what like some of the worst things he said are. But uh, I, I I think we we can separate the art from the artist, especially the art of the Smiths, because it's more than just Morrissey. It's uh, it's Johnny Marr, it's Andy Rourke, it's Mike Joyce, and it's the entire community of of the Smiths. Um, they set up the band to be a very inclusive place for people that felt like they did not have a place. And I think they say it best with, uh, with the lyrics and I know it's over, you know, so easy to laugh. So easy to hate. It takes guts to be gentle and kind. Yeah. That, that is a perfect way of just saying that, um, the perfect, yeah brain fart okay um i think with all of this like we've obviously got a whole lot of a whole lot of morrissey interacting (laughs) with the press um let's zoom on back to where we are as a podcast chronologically they have just finished recording the troy tate tapes um and they're getting john porter to uh to produce this charming man and to get back to the very or sorry to re-record their debut album i think the morrissey and the smiths that we see here are still very very inexperienced and they're thrown into the limelight but you know what for the next four years what they do is absolutely amazing and i think we should really focus on that rather than focusing on um, the things that Morrissey has said after the Smiths. Yeah, I think just those, yeah, those, I mean, technically five years as a band, but like. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, from like where they're from, like that point where we're at. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to like. Yeah. Um, but yeah we'll just go with five years whatever (laughs) those yeah five years as a band like that's something like no one can take away from them uh just the legacy you know Mm -hmm. uh and yes morrissey has said some terrible ignorant grotesque things since then but you know can separate the old morrissey from the new morrissey yeah I mean, try to do that. Yeah. I mean, the Smiths still make a big impact in a lot of people's lives. It would be frankly cruel to to try to get rid of that as well. Yes, I, mean, I agreed. The two of us are here. Yeah. So um but with that all underway, I'm glad we we did this this episode uh as heavy as it might be at some points in time. I'm I'm really glad we got to talk about this, but let's get the heck out of here. Let's uh, let's move to our next section of the show. What do you say? 
mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, yeah. So I just got uh, Last FM again for like. Do you have it? I don't have Last FM. Oh, I love it. It's so the much. one with the Scrabbles, right? Yes. All right. What is a Scrabble? I actually have no clue. So yeah, basically, I, you you should have definitely get it. You'd love it. It like tracks your music. So I'll go to All Time because I haven't had it for that long. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just goes like your Scrabbles. Um, okay, so I've been listening to Leonard Cohen mm-hmm. a ton. I have like six hundred Scrabbles from like the past week and a half all right but what is a scrabble oh oh yeah i forgot <laughs> um just like the amount of times like just uh, one song is one scrabble okay so, yeah um new skin for the old ceremony mm-hmm. uh that album is this what you wanted might be my favorite track um so there's that and then i've been listening to a lot of simon and garfunkel um just like bookends mm-hmm. of yeah, uh, Faking It and Save the Life of My Child. Love those two songs. And then I've been listening to Black Midi a lot, kind of like... Oh, okay. Definitely uh, completely different music. Yeah, a, a very different era as well from Leonard Cohen and Simon Garfunkel. <laughs> it, it's just all over the place. Uh, I get that, though. This album, how... how I'm... Shemalogin, I am... Schlagenheim? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. This might not be the listener's cup of tea, but it's <laughs> but what I it's what I've been listening to. how would you describe Black Midi then? Um I don't know. I feel like a lot of my friends don't really like them. Um <laughs> I, I feel like that's perfect then. <laughs> yeah. Um how would I describe them? A uh, very, very good. Oh, I've been <laughs> listening to Huey Lewis and the News. My friend got me on them. Sports, great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Have some guilty pleasures in there too, but yeah. Hope I didn't talk too much about that. <laughs> you can cut whatever is necessary. No, 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 no. Um, will you do me a favor? Will you make sure to actually like send me like. Sp- like specific songs. yeah like maybe four specific songs okay yes uh so that i can put them in our playlist by the way i forgot to i forgot to mention this up top um we do have a playlist that uh we make for you guys for each episode so uh you can find our spotify page at smith cyclopedia which is different than like our podcast page um but you can find both of those. One will be the podcast and one will be the the playlists that go along with it. So this will be, um, shoot, I don't even know what episode I'm up to now. Um, eight, I think. No, wait, this, this is nine. Oh, wow. This is episode nine. Um, so you can find that by searching Smith Cyclopedia episode nine. And what we'll have there for you is we will have uh, a few Smith songs that maybe we talked about. Um, and then some recommendations from uh, from the host for that episode. So we just heard uh, Elena's recommendations. <laughs> I hope um, putting Black Midi on there doesn't like <laughs> ruin your reputation. No, not no, that they're, no, no, they're no. just. I don't know. My friends make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, Listen, it, it's it's all good. Um, I remember I remember one time uh, my cousin Mason and I were driving around. 
and I was listening to like debut by Bork by Bjork. Um, it's just what I had in the CD player or whatever. And like Venus as a boy comes on and he's like, this chick is really weird, but I kind of dig it. Wait, your cousin? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Cause like my, like, I want to say like 10 year old cousin. He's like passionately passionate about like hating Bjork and he's like 10. <laughs> so whenever I like play her, like I, I played her and he just, yeah, he hates her, and it's so funny. But oh, there's that. What does a ten-year-old have against Bjork? He doesn't like her voice, apparently. It is kind of an interesting voice. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe our, he'll grow. Yeah, to like her. I guess that makes sense. I, when I was a very young kid, I was adamantly against Erasure because I was like, mm, no, it's too weird, and like. I, I think really at the time I was like, this is too weird and like flamboyant or whatever. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm in my car just like absolutely shouting all the words to love to hate you. Like, so yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll listen to, uh, uh, oh shoot. What? I, I can never pronounce the name of the album, right? The one that starts with a V, the Bjork. Vesper. I'm not I'm not even gonna try I don't know honestly like that might most be my favorite. most Bjork albums you could most Bjork albums just sound like font names like Helvetica or like you know what I mean anyways <laughs> um so you know what why, why not we'll throw Bjork on as my first one it'll be um it'll be Venus as a boy wonderful uh it ties in with uh I don't know the sort of effeminate men uh that morrissey loves to use um not use like that come on <laughs> um i mean um <laughs> and then let's see what what else have i have i been listening to um oh you know what um i absolutely want to include uh the manic street preacher's song your love alone is not enough my favorite Manic Street Preacher song by far. It has a, um, uh, shoot, what do you call that? A duet vocalist, I guess, the guest vocalist in um, uh, the lead singer of The Cardigans. And I think Jamesine Bradfield and her voice, they just work so well together. It's such a lovely song. Um, I'm going to put the full, like, or like, the full album version, but there's also an acoustic version with just her singing that I think is great. I love it. Um, and then I'm going to throw a, uh, a newer one on there as well. Um, a band that I really like, and I probably need to follow more than I actually do right now, um, is inhaler. Um, and they just released their new album. Uh, and I am going to say, just maybe love will get you there is uh is a good track off of that um new fun uh indie alternative rock from england um yeah just a lot of fun i like it a lot sporting the car heart honestly it those are some sick overalls like oh, thank you i i kind of splurged on them but i'm obsessed yeah um and then let's uh, let's pick out some Smith songs that we talked about to throw on there as well. Okay, I mean, yeah, we. 
Could you suffer little children? <laughs> um, roll around the fountain. Did we do a roll around the fountain last time? I think we I, did. I think we might have. It wouldn't hurt to do it again. Yeah. Let me uh, let me pull up what our past Spotify uh, playlists have been. Found that rocks the cradle. The queen is dead. Oh, um, we could do Margaret on the guillotine. I. You know what? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll say Margaret on the guillotine as well. So what what is that? So suffer little children. Margaret on the guillotine. Um, the hand that rocks the cradle. The queen is dead. Yeah. Queen is dead. Solid four songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are a solid four songs. Uh, More than solid. Yeah. Um, but once again, you can find all of that um, by searching Smith Cyclopedia on Spotify, and you'll be able to find uh, the episode for episode playlist for this one. Yeah, and I actually don't follow on Spotify, so I'll do. I'll do oh that my right gosh. now. Elena. <laughs> Don't know how I messed that one up. You were my first guest and you are my first betrayal. <laughs> I can't believe this. Let's see. Yeah, I'm well, yeah, okay. <laughs> um anyways. Um but uh yeah, you can follow along just about every episode that we do, even like uh two episodes ago i just did a short episode i still wanted to make a uh uh, a playlist for it so you still got five songs on spotify um i just want to provide uh the listeners with like a 30 35 40 minute uh listening experience that goes along with the episode and it's smith songs that we talked about and then other things that we recommend we want to give you guys a good time and hopefully to be able to find some music that maybe you haven't heard of before. Yeah. Um, they, once, like, just, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Um, sorry, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm just a little bit socially awkward. <laughs> it's a Smith's podcast. It, it's a Smith's podcast. Yeah. I I just stayed at home all day. I did nothing. I went nowhere. Just read. I'm not a loser. I'm just like more CS. <laughs> I'm just saying that. But, um, yeah. Cool. Well, I I don't think we have any mail uh to read off for this episode. So why don't we just uh throw it out here? Uh I have been your host Casimir Heard and Elena Zambrano. <laughs> yeah. Um We hope you have a very lovely, very charming, very wonderful week. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.